it's coach tori and this is raising runners we talk running fitness mental health and so many more topics as the founder of a youth running program i approach all of our conversations with our youth athletes in mind and kind of have a focus around those things but as you will see we are finding that all of these topics relate to runners and people who like to move and do fitness or anything like that um, relates to everybody check it out I get to talk with Coach Dan all about running, which, as you know, I love to talk running with anybody who's willing to talk with me about it, um, so that is super fun. I will say this episode is so great, such a fun conversation, but was a pain in my butt to get to happen. Um, well, actually, the recording happened, and then for some reason, the file, I'm looking at it on the computer, will not turn into a podcast, had all these issues with that, um, then finally got that working. Luckily, Dan has been so patient about the episode coming out, so finally got it working, finally got it in a podcast, and then this week when I try to record an intro and an outro, they also go missing, so I don't know what it is with technology, but we are finally here. We have the episode. Who knows what I talked about in my last recording of the intro, but um Super great conversation with Dan. He talks about his running. He talks about coaching people. He talks about being able to coach people to enjoy running and run pain-free from the beginning. Um, He has a really great approach to working with beginner runners that I think is probably super successful for everyone that works with him. Um, So that's really awesome. So yeah, we just talk a lot about running and we also are going to be chatting later this week. So if you have any questions you would like me to ask Dan, um, please, please, please either email them to me or put that for Spotify listeners, you can put them in our question and answer question and answer box, but enjoy the episode. Sure. Hey, so I'm, uh, uh, Dan Bryan. Um, the people I coach call me coach Dan and I'm geared mainly towards helping people who've never run before and teach them that they can actually run a 5K. I like to say, I have a, a little slogan that says, I'll teach you to run pain-free from day one. And uh, there's about three keys to that. And it's, it sounds like secrets or magic, but it's not, uh, but it, it does work. And then um, I didn't, and so it's been pretty uh, pretty exciting. That's really exciting for me, just to help people who've never run before because they walk away with more than a finisher's medal. They walk away. Um, with a lot of other things. So I always talk about enjoying the journey and just applying it to winning at the marathon of life. So we get more than a finisher's medal when we're done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I love that. And even in our first like emails and I saw that you had said, like, I help people run pain-free from day one. I was like, I'm sure there's some kind of secret or something to that. (laughs) And I need to hear it if you're willing to share um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that before we get into all of the other stuff? Sure, sure can. So um, it's a little bit of a story, give you a little background. I've been a runner since high school. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a friend who was quite, quite a big guy. And uh, I thought, man, if he can run, I should be able to as well. And so I asked him to teach me and he took me out on the uh, track after school and he was working me up to three miles and I remember it was so painful. I remember after like, 
I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks, I was up to two miles, but that was like eight times around the quarter mile track, right? And it was just so mental because I was like, oh my gosh, how far have I gone? How more? How many more do I got to do? And then one day, I think he saw it. And again, we didn't, we were high school guys. We didn't know what we were doing. And uh, he said, let's just go run in the neighborhood. And we lived in an area with a kind of rural, so a lot of back roads. And and we ran and, and talked, and then we got back, did a big loop back to the school, and then we went and drove it, and it was five miles. And up to that point, I'd only done two, and we had stopped once, and 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 I, you know, started chewing on what happened, and I and I realized a few things had happened there, and then I share those with folks now. And one of those is a running buddy, someone who can keep you accountable, but it's just amazing too, like if you have someone to talk to. And someone to share that that uh, you know the, the training with or the runs with it makes a big difference on your outlook and keeps you positive, keeps your minds off the, the road. And so that's that's a benefit. The the second one I like to talk about is running isn't cheat or walking isn't cheating. And uh, I think a lot of people approach like, oh, if I'm going to go learn to run a 5K, then when I step out the door and I start jogging. If I stop at any time during my training run, I have failed. And so it becomes very mental. And, and I think it's more like a boxing match. You approach running as something to survive. So, you know, you're like always focused on how much time you have until you can stop. Where's the finish line? And instead, if you embrace walking isn't cheating, it frees you up. And so all of a sudden you just have a different you know, viewpoint about running and, and a different way to look at it. And what I find is interesting too, is people actually go farther once they're freed up to actually walk. So now you're per permitting people to walk, but they actually seem to go farther. And I think a part of it is just that, Hey, at any point I want to, I can, I can stop and, and walk for 30 seconds. And then it, again, that seems to be more positive and people continue to, you know, keep moving farther before they, before they start uh, walking. And then, and then the the third the third one is um, run at a conversational pace, and and I, and that's pacing. You know, you, you and I find with beginners you start using words like pacing and stride and footfall, and you know th their eyes will roll. So I just tell them, I want you when you start jogging to just maintain a pace where you can continue to carry on a conversation, and if you're having to struggle. To go for gas breaths in between your words, then you're too fast. And I seriously want you to slow down. And it may just be a little faster than a walk, uh, but it's a pace where you can, you know, jog or shuffle where you're able to continue that conversation. And and that's a big change for people too. And, and then and then the other, those are the, the big three. And then the other ones is for beginners, I only have them go like 15, 20 seconds before I have them walk for a couple minutes. And so, you know, you say, hey, we're going to go for 20 minutes and they go, oh, my gosh, they start sweating. But I'm like, we're going to we're going to do it. And, you know, we're going to do 15 seconds of jogging. We're going to do a couple minutes of just walking and then we're going to repeat it until we hit 20 minutes. And and they get done with that and uh, they find out like, wow, that wasn't that wasn't so bad. That that was doable. And those nightmares they had back in high school when they had to run that mile in, in you know high school and the coach gave no training or tips and you know that was just miserable. And they were just trying not to be last. 
uh, you know, those things kind of go away, you know, and they start to, to see it as something they can do and actually start to enjoy. And of, of course, if you're talking with somebody, you know, um, now you can learn to pace. And then of course it, it, it all kind of rolls together. You know, the whole buddy, learn a conversation, well then have a buddy to be able to do that. Um, and then they help keep the right pace because you're carrying on a conversation. And, and uh, usually when I, a couple of good things when I step out the door with a new group is before I've broken them into like, you know, eventually they kind of find a buddy to, to work with during the week, but we would do a run on Saturday as a group. And then they'd have their, what I call maintenance runs during the week on their own. Uh, and then with a buddy, but on Saturday when we start, I, you know, what do you talk about? Well, your last vacation is always a good one. What'd you do? Where'd you go? Or what'd you do for the holidays is a good one. Or of course, uh, you know, what series are you watching now? And that gets people, you know, all jibber jabbing and talking back and forth and stuff. So those have been quite successful for us just to get people who have never, never thought, never thought they would, would ever be a runner to um, embrace it, find it's not painful, find it is doable. And the rate at which it increases is, you know, they're doing more each week and they look back and they go, wow, I can't believe that, you know, I'm, I'm running straight now for a couple of minutes before I walk a little bit or whatever. And then before they know it, you know, eight to 12 weeks later, they're running a 5k. So, and that's always fun, right? Cause you, you get the blame, you get the metal, you get all the energy from the people around you during the race. And, and so those are always really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, no, your group sounds so fun. And I imagine like everybody there really enjoys everything you're doing. And it, I know you said you, you started all of this idea from like thinking back on when you first started running and, and how it felt so hard, but, um, it seems like you really focus on the mental side of running, which really changes it for people. Right. Um, was that just like personal experience? Like, you're just like, I know, like if my head's yeah. in the game and my head, like I feel good, then it works. Or like, you know, is there anything else that played into you kind of figuring out, like, these are where people's heads needs to be. This is how I can like help foster, you know, this love for running for everybody. So a lot of it, you hit it on the nail on the head. I think a lot of it was, was kind of the mental. It definitely was, you know, my key looking back in high school was when we went and ran five miles and up to that point, I could only run two. It was because we got off the track and I was no longer focused, like myopic, you know, on like how many more, how, how, how long do I have to go? How many more times around this track do I have to go? You know, all that was kind of gone. So definitely mindset had a lot to do with it. Plus, um, you know, we, we were talking and I enjoyed the conversation. So that made a difference. Um, the, the uh, um, but the, I, I think for, for me, a lot of it was self-taught and that was, that was a lot of it. And then I went into, um, we, we lived one time later on after high school, got married then I was in the military. So, you know, we had to do the mile and a half every six months. And so that was kind of, so running became kind of, you know, just something we had to do at least a little bit, but I really started to like it about my mid twenties. And I signed up for a, a marathon um, training class. And we, we, we lived in Hawaii at the time. And 
I thought, well, you know, I, I can run a 5K, but we're talking enough distance now where I have to be able to fuel while I'm running. I have to have some kind of, you know, fuel to keep me going. And there's there was a lot of other factors at that at that distance. So I signed up for a class to help me. And I turned I turned around, I saw my wife was signing up. And and that was a shocker because um I had got I had um, deployed on a ship for six months to, to the Middle East. And two weeks before I left, my daughter was born. So I came back, my daughter's like six and a half months old, which was kind of a, a shock, right? And, and I knew it, but then to see her, you know, go from two weeks to, to six and a half months was, uh, was something else. But what I hadn't realized till I got home was my wife's hip she had had trouble uh, it had gone, kind of gone out of sock at some uh, during birth and it had never really come back in. And so uh, when I got home, you know, we would, we would go to a movie or something like that, find a babysitter for the kids. And uh, she'd walk a couple blocks and have to take a break. And I was thinking, wow, this is a, this is kind of life-changing for us. And she is a, personal trainer and a yoga instructor and uh, group X. And so I was like, wow, this is a big change for her too, just in her, you know, profession. And what's this mean for us as a family? So I think all that's kind of going through my head. And then, you know, the following week, I'm signing up for a marathon. I turn around and she's signing up. And uh, there's a good lesson here, uh, you know, a good lesson that, that I had to learn. But I was like thinking to myself, what is she doing? And, and uh, you know, she can't walk two blocks and she's signing up for a, a marathon. But what was interesting was um, she started doing that program and she had never run a mile. She'd done a lot of the yoga, like I said, and the, and the, and the group exercise, but was not a, a runner. Um, and she found that the running was just different enough from the walking that it just tightened up and pulled everything back in. Uh, back in and, and uh, she went on to run that marathon with me. We ran it together. And that was kind of a, a story in itself too, because speaking about, you know, kind of, you know, how you stay with it and how you start to enjoy it. Um, she was, they broke us into groups based upon kind of our, you know, our pace. And she found herself faster than the, the walkers, but slower than the, the, the last running group, just in terms of, of pace. And so she woke up one morning, we'd wake up like at five and uh, most running groups don't do that. I don't want to scare off your, you know, your listeners. But in this case, we woke up at five for this training. We went downtown to Honolulu. We'd start running at around six or so. And then, um, you know, we'd finish around nine o'clock or something like that. Um, but she woke up one morning at five, which is always tough. And she said, if you don't run with me, I'm not running. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll run with you. And so it, what it became unexpectedly was this great date. So for about four months, we had a date every Saturday morning. And that's, that was some of the best time we had because we were running together and we would just talk about everything. And so that turned out to be fabulous. Uh, for our relationship, and then we, of course, ran, went on to run it, run it, uh, the uh, marathon together. Um, so that that was just a, a great 
story for what running can do, you know, uh, to for your body. And then it was, uh, you know, a good lesson for me to, to remember that, um, what, anything's possible, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and um, and then I, I did, I do, we talk about that all the time to people that just um, this relationship that we had that got stronger just through um, sharing runs together. So it was, it did really heighten my enjoyment for running. In fact, I would do after that, I did I do most of my running alone. Um, you know, we did run that marathon alone, but then I went on and started doing ultra runs, and I would do a lot of my running by myself. And think about uh, what was it here? I don't know, about 2016 or so. Um, I, I was she kind of saw I was a little burned out, and I think it was because I was running alone. Uh, and, and she was the one who said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you teach these folks to run at the gym? There's a fun run coming up and they want somebody to coach them. And would you volunteer? And I said, sure, I'll, I'll teach people to run a 5k. But it was funny was I thought running was intuitive or, you know, it's funny. I think back to high school and realized there was a lot of stuff that wasn't intuitive, but I guess by, you know, what it didn't really it was buried pretty deep. It wasn't until I started coaching, I started kind of revisiting and pulling all that back up. But when I started with a class, I would tell them things and, and I would find they would be surprised by that. And I thought, isn't that, isn't that obvious? It's kind of intuitive. And then they all did it. There's about 15 of them. They all did the 5k. They were all so excited. And I remember uh, at the end, they were thanking me and, and so appreciative. And I thought they were just, I honestly thought they were just being super nice because I was the coach and just um, pat me on the back. And so then the second year, uh, the the gym asked me back to do the same thing again. I said, okay, sure, I'll do it again. And I had the same reaction from those students, the same reaction, which is like, wow, I never thought I could do this. Man, that little thing just made such a difference for me on how to think about walking or to have someone to to be with or to how to manage my pace just remember to be able to talk and and so then it, I, I was a little thick uh, but finally it started getting through my head that huh I guess I got something to share with people that if this stuff isn't as intuitive as I thought it was and just like many disciplines things have to be taught and learned so um so that was a kind of a big breakthrough for me and then and then I thought, well, let's, let's, uh, I like this. I've always, I knew I've been a teacher, uh, just a teacher, just enjoy that in any field. And I had taught at the Italian Naval Academy. I've had quite a few exciting experiences. Uh, so I thought, well, why don't I get the license or the uh, accreditation to be a, um, a running coach? So I'm certified running coach now. And, and then it just kind of grew from there. And, um, we put out this year uh, a book called Running for the Rest of Us. And it really does focus on people who are not, you know, professional runners or, you know, uh, people who are going to get a scholarship at, at a college. It's really for the folks that think they can't do it. And that this is a, it's a book just designed to help folks who, yeah, I think running is never going to be in their life and, and try to encourage them to add it to their bucket list and then 
um, be able to start a 5K plan and eight to 12 weeks later, you know, line it up to a fun run somewhere and start eight to 12 weeks before that and have some options, whether they want to walk it. Because I would say walking counts is where we all start or whether they want to jog or whether they want to run. And I think it depends on their age and just their ability and their athletic, you know, some people aren't runners, but they're very active. Other people sitting on the couch. So it just has uh, a lot of different levels to try to fit and allow people to just uh, find what's going to fit for them. And then they can just uh, start that journey. And before they know it, they'll, they'll be ready. So that was, that's, uh, that was the genesis behind the, the book. And the focus really was on folks who haven't run before. I was going to say, I have your book pulled up right now. And I was going to ask you, okay, so like, who is this for? Um, even though it seems very obvious, right? Running for the rest of right. us, which is basically all of us, right? right. Um, yeah. And I imagine, you know, with this book, you are, you know, speaking obviously generally, but, um, and I don't know if you get like a mix of people in your group runs and stuff. I imagine eventually they all kind of filter through like everyone with a similar kind of goals and mindset, but how do you accommodate for people with like, different goals or different ways of learning. Like you mentioned, obviously, like you've always been someone who likes to teach and, and, you know, that can kind of be right. challenging when people are in different spots in life, but also just like where their heads are at is a little different or, you know, their attitudes towards things are different. So like, how do you kind of work with, with all of, you know, the different kinds of people? So when we have a group, um, you know, we can't work with each person individually. So what I do is I try to get two people to help me. So we have a walking group. We have what I call the beginning joggers. Uh, or the, and then I have what I call the returning runners. And, and you say, well, why was if someone's a runner? Would they, would they take this? Well, some people have been running away for uh, running. They've been away from running long enough where they feel like they're starting over. But they have a lot of the mindset or, you know, they, they kind of have some of the um, mechanics down. And so they might want to be in the returning runner group or they just have a good aerobic base. Um, so they, you know, they, they probably can quickly uh, move back past the say 12 minute jogging group up to the eight minutes, which would be a running group. Right. So, so we have the three groups or the, and, and then uh, that's the, the leader, you know, raise, uh, raise their hand and, and the group, folks will fit into one of those three areas when we start and then they can transition between any one of them if they later on they think hey this is too fast or too slow but like we said we, when we start out we're all, we every group is going for you know 20 maybe 30 seconds before they're they're walking so um it's pretty easy to tell kind of where you fit but Along with that, too, you have, like said, you know, we had a, a gal who had bad knees. Um, and then she's a walker. And, you know, with her, we used, uh, she used the ski poles, you know, or the, or, the, or might even say just the hiking poles. And that was uh, uh, something that she uh, did and enjoyed. She actually did it after her husband had died. So she was kind of a new widow. And. And it was a funny story with that too, because um, digressing a little bit, but I think when I'm thinking about it, I want to share it. She, uh, her husband has just died. And I, I think she had set this goal for herself as uh, something that she wanted to accomplish. And um, after we get done with our, 
with our run on Saturdays, we'd have uh, uh, about 20 minutes where I would give a lesson on something, shoes, tops, bottoms, chafing, socks, you know, um, you know, uh, equipment, you know, both, um, what do you, what do you say the, the, um, the electronic or the IT equipment, you know, versus the, um, things that, 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 that aren't powered. And, and then of course, fuel and other things like that, water, hydration. Um, so we would, we'd have a talk on one of those subjects. But anyways, we we're talking one day about um, chafing. And I said, uh, you know, some people use um, you know, Glide, which almost looks like a deodorant that you can rub on your body, you know, wherever you have chafing uh, and Vaseline, everybody who uses that. And, you know, he told me to put it between his butt cheeks. And I was like, that's way much more information than I needed to know. But he, he is a ultra runner and has done a couple hundred milers. So I guess he's earned a right to at least share with me where he puts Vaseline. <laughs> but um, I was saying one of the best secrets in terms of uh, products to use for chafing is a product that's normally reserved for the bedroom. And, uh, and at that point, uh, she said, she said, dang, I wish I hadn't given it all away. <laughs> and, and of course, everybody laughed. And that was a great little moment of levity, right? Because I think it, it helped her, it kind of helped the group. And then I kind of thought, okay, she's, she's going to be okay. You know, she's, uh, she's mending. And, and I thought, you know, sometimes when we're going through something that's heavy, uh, challenging yourself with something as simple as I say simple, but it can feel like a challenge, challenging yourself with, with learning to run like a 5k really gets you out of that Sometimes we stay in our head a little bit too much. You know, we can have worry and worry is really a form of meditation. It's just, you're thinking about something bad all the time. You know, it's like a little prison. So, so challenges, she challenged herself with that run and encouraged other people to do the same. And it, it gets you into having to think about something uh, other than maybe the issues that, you know, that are, that are, are problems. Um, and it introduces you to other people and, you find people who have similar, um, you know, kind of like-minded folks and, and activities, and it kind of opens you up to, uh, you know, potential uh, friends and other activities. And, and so it does more for you, a lot more for you than just, you know, tying your shoes and, and heading out the door. Yeah, well, that kind of like leads into my next question, maybe. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about how I have the youth running program. So I'm working, you know, pretty much exclusively with kids. Um, and I feel like even though it's, you know, running's not innate, but they come in and they're ready to learn. They're ready for you to help them change the way they move. They're ready for you to help them change their mindset, right? Like their brains are just ready for all of that. And I feel like adults were not always like as much as it's like, yes, I do. I do want to change. I do want to come here and learn to run, but it's like, I just don't think I can, or they get stuck in those negative cycles. And, you know, what you were kind of just mentioning. Um, so like, how do you help someone when they first, you know, it's like, it's their first day at the group. Obviously you talked yeah. about like, you know, the buddies and, and all those conversations, but like, what is the first step to getting somebody like 
to believe in themselves that like, if I'm telling you, you can run these 15 seconds and then walk, like, what are you doing to help them? Yeah. So, so first thing I do is, is, I mean, one of the things I do is I make it light. I make it fun. Right. I don't, I don't make it like, you know, they probably come to thinking, oh my gosh, the coach is going to have a whistle and he's going to be blowing it. And I'm, you know, going to be slow. And the last one is going to be miserable. Right. So um, I keep it light, let them know that, you know, we're going to have fun, that, that they're going to be able to do this without pain. And, and, and it's, in, in, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to have fun together. I make a little fun of myself. I usually grab my belly and I'll say, look at me. And I'll pat my belly. And I go, look, if I can run a 5k, anybody can run a 5k. And so things like that, that I think help pe- put people at ease. Um, Cause everybody is a little bit nervous, just being in a new groups, nervous. And now they're, uh, tackling something that they've never done before. So <clears throat> making it lighthearted, I think helps folks to relax. And then I try not to put too much in their head about, you know, I don't, I don't tell them anything about arm swing, you know, none of that stuff, right? Like uh, it's just, Hey, let's just go, go outside. You know, we're going to stretch and, and just remind them it's going to be easy. And then when we start, they know what's going to happen. You know, I tell them the plan so that it's not a surprise. I say, okay, listen, we're going to go for 20 minutes, but we're going to, if we're taking the new jogger group, I say, we're going to, we're going to jog for 20 seconds and then we're going to walk for two minutes. And we're going to do that again. And when we jog, we're, we're going to continue to carry on the conversation just like we are now. And they're kind of in a gaggle. And so they aren't quite sure what to think, but but after a couple cycles, they get it pretty fast and then they keep continuing to jabber about their vacation or whatever. And then you start to see people break into groups and they, and it, the environment allows them, I think, to make friends. It's not like they have to stay focused on me. Um, so a lot of it is that mindset. I think a lot of it is prepare, preparing them for what's going to happen um, so that they, they know and then just reinforcing that they're going to be able to do this. Um, and then we talk, we do the stretching in the beginning and we talk about why we're doing that. And then of course, when we're done, we, we do the stretching again and, uh, and just reinforce the value of it. Um, and then, and then we go into one of the training episodes, which I think just reinforces like, oh, I'm learning something. Hopefully they start to enjoy that. Oh, I learned something about shoes or socks or whatever. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll talk to them about the training plan overall. We go in four week cycles in terms of we increase the first three weeks. And then the fourth week we drop back to week one, we give our body a break. And then we start with week five, picking up where we, where we were, where we left off. And so they can kind of see the, the overall plan. I make a, I make a, a sheet for them for what they're going to do run for that week. So the first run is the group run on Saturday. I think that's nice. And that kind of lets them know one, you know, as it helps to get them there because they know other people are going to be looking for them. It helps to reinforce that uh, um, accountability. And then we do that run on Saturday together, which I think lets them know, yes, I did it. And it was easier than I thought it was. And it was successful. And then they have the plan for the weeks for, for the next, I just do four runs a week. So one on Saturday, rest Sunday, one on Monday, rest Tuesday, one on Thursday. And uh, excuse me, it's uh it's Saturday's the first run, and then they run Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
and you can't quite give them a day rest in between each run because you know you end up not running on Saturday again. So since they're going to run on Saturday, and that's usually the day we increase it a little bit, they'll run on Wednesday and then again on Thursday to get Friday off. So they they kind of have I think an overall plan. I think for some people that's important. Um, and then usually people have individual questions, so I'll stick around to answer those. And and a lot of them seem to be. Um, it kind of depends, you know. At the beginning, it might be about <clears throat> chafing or their tennis shoes, and then later on, as they're they're doing it, it might be something in particular that's bothering them, um, or they just you know they're starting to have these little epiphanies, like, hey, if I run longer, at some point, I'm going to need more water because when you run for 20 minutes, if you've hydrated before, you you don't need to you know, carry a, a bunch of water with you. But as you go longer, you know, some of those items you have to start thinking about. So um, make myself available when they're there. Uh, and and then I try to remember everybody's first name. That's a big one too. I think just if you, you know, if you if you engage with your your students by name, that's that's a makes a big difference too, you know, or the next, the next week you show up and you remember their name. I, I know that that's kind of always a big thing for me. Like, wow, they actually remember my first name. So, um, and then I try to answer their questions, you know, um, with specific answers, vice just that fit them, vice just generic, you know, broad statements. Sometimes the questions can be medical, like, Hey, I think I'm getting shin splints. Or I'm, I'm, you know, I have stitches on my sides. Some of those I feel very comfortable, you know, answering. And others, I'll, I'll say, I, I'm not a doctor, but here's my experience, and I can tell you what, what has worked for me, or what I've seen my friends do. Um, and, and, and those are, those are the things that are coming to the top of my, my mind. I think they also like to know your credentialed. I think you know that, that makes them feel like okay. You know, he he knows what he's talking about, um, and and then uh, I haven't really done this, but just thinking maybe I should tell them a little bit about my own experience, so they feel like, well, yeah, he just didn't get the the the, the piece of paper and came out here and taught. He's actually lived it. Um, I've run on forty eight different countries. That's that's the benefit of being a, a, a naval officer on a ship. And and um, and almost almost all the continents of the world, and then in forty different countries. And when we would pull in, we would connect with a, a hash harrier running group. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but uh, so the hash harriers they they were started by the British Army uh, right around World War II, and of all places, um, in uh, no 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 yeah Malaysia excuse me Malaysia. And uh, and they're running they're a running group and they sing songs and tell jokes and after like run number seven you get a nickname and a lot of their songs you can't uh, you can't sing to your grandma um, but they're but they have caught on and exploded around the world um, and so that's a good thing people can do too they can go like on Facebook and look for hash harrier runners in their in their hometown or their, their you know county and there may be one and they can you know join them to run with um but 
but we would pull in and usually be able to find one of those groups. And even if we couldn't speak the same language, we could go for a run. And then usually what happens is they have what they call the rabbit. And the rabbit starts to run and you usually sing a song to give the rabbit a five minute head start. And the rabbit has chalk and the rabbit chalks where they go. And we have to chase the rabbit. And, and, uh, and then usually the rabbit ends at a pub or a pizza parlor or something like that. And then everyone just, you know, has a drink and eats pizza afterwards. And sometimes they like to say that they're, uh, they're drinkers with a running problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, you know, just like anything, once you get into it, you start finding there's all these different facets to it. And, and it's really a, there's a lot of fun out there in running. Um, I think, I think at least people my age, you know, I, I wonder if it's changed, you know, for the kids going through high school now, but um, when we were, when we were going through high school and I'll age myself here in the eighties, you know, you had the run test and I know my kids did too growing up, you know, but, but they, they, at some point it hit me, nobody ever got any instruction on how to do that before the test. And so we all just dreaded it. You know, we, we, I remember I ran too fast because I didn't know how to pace and I burn out like halfway around the, 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 the track. And then the struggle was not to be the last person, you know, to, you know, you know, to finish. And then of course, everybody was kind of embarrassed if they were, you know, close to the end. And it was a lot of aerobic pain. And so it was miserable. And then a lot of coaches, I remember in football, you know, if you made the coach upset, what, what did the coach say? You know, go run. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Give me a lap. Right. And so running was a punishment. And, and uh, I thought, I thought, you know, no other class in uh, school, you would never show up at a math class having not taken calculus and just starting that calculus. And your professor says, okay, in two weeks, we're going to have a calculus test and then spend no time, you know, teaching you uh, the material before you actually went out and did it. But for some reason, at least where I was, that's what we did to everybody when it came time to run. I don't know if you have a similar experience growing up with running in school or not. Um, like, yes and no. So my parents were both runners. So it was kind of like we, we, you know, we ran, um, yeah. or at least I did actually nobody else, none of my siblings ran, but like we had the, you know, it's like the mile in elementary school. So again, it's like once a year, twice a year. Okay. This date we're running the mile and there's nothing leading up to it. But like, I would train because that's what, you know, we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like kind of the same thing. And, um, I mean, I know like I started my running club because I wanted there to be something more, something better for, you know, the kids growing up here, but there are so many like youth running programs around here now. Um, and like non-competitive ones too, which is, is cool because they don't really need to be competing at, you know, you know, eight, nine, 10, um, necessarily that might not be their goals and things like that. So, you know, I think it is changing and I think they're, they are trying to get more instruction for kids for running, but you still will see like those t-shirts kids wear that like my sport is your sports punishment. So like, you know, they're still in that mindset of like, have you ever seen those? Um, no, it's so funny. I can, I get it. Yeah. So like, you know, that's still a thing, but I think, you know, I think we're trying to make progress. Well, um, I think, 
I think what you're doing with those kids is is awesome because that's the I mean I've seen with the adults is they do this 5k and it, you know at every level something seems like an amazing accomplishment you know I'm I, I you know before you've done a 5k you're like 5k three miles that's amazing and then I remember I, I was telling you I was training for my marathon you know and I did a marathon I thought oh that's amazing there was a guy who was training he was my our training group for our our uh pace our pacing group he was our pace leader in the training and his name was jet uh jet jet oh what was it ah it was something the jet now i'm forgetting his first name oh. <laughs> uh i'll think of it it'll come to me but but he disappeared for like a month and he came back in the front of his 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 tennis shoe was cut off and his big toe that was all black and the toenail was gone and i was like chet what's going on he goes oh i just finished uh i, I was in mexico i was like well what were you doing he's like i was i was doing some iron mans down there and i said oh uh which one and he said oh it was the uh double deca iron man and i said double double deca i said what was that two iron mans he said no it was 20 double deca oh and, my gosh <laughs> and it takes like a month to do the event and uh his goal was just to be just to be in the world record you know uh to have accomplished more ironmans in a year than anyone else he didn't care if he was last he just wanted to be able to say he finished more than anyone else in existence and um and they didn't do one Ironman after another. They ran, they they swam all 42 miles of the run of the swim. Then they did all 1,200 and some miles of the bike. And then after that, they began all what 500 and some miles of running, whatever it is. I probably don't got the figures right, but but, wow. but my point is, every time you think, you know, you're like five, you know, five k is huge. You know, wow, a marathon's huge. Wow, and then you do it, and you realize there's another level. And, and here was Chet the Jet doing 20 Ironmans in a row. Um, but all of it, regardless, you know, whether you're running a mile, a 5K, a marathon, you know, beyond marathon into ultras, um, it just does so much when you meet that goal for your self-esteem. And, and so these kids that you're training, they're going to carry that with them their whole life. They probably don't even think of it that way, right? Oh, my self-esteem has grown. But it has because... They accomplish something and they just see in themselves, they, you know, they, there was, there was this goal, there was this thing we were going to do. And then at some point we went and we did it after some training and they probably feel very good about, you know, passing the finish line. Um, and then it just carries over into their life, into other areas about what they think they can accomplish or what they put their mind to. It also takes a little discipline. So there's all sorts of great things that are getting planted in those bodies and minds. So bravo. Oh, well, thank you. Um, also, I feel like somehow we have chatted for a really long time and it doesn't feel like it. So we are running out of time. Um, <laughs> I know I just looked at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, we're like going to be a long episode here. Um, but is there any, any last things you want to say really quickly? And then you have to tell us where to find your book, even though I'll have the links okay. in there, but then also locally, where are you? Cause I realize I actually don't know where you are. So if people want to find your group. 
Yeah, so we're we're in uh in Virginia in Stafford, Stafford, Virginia. Um, so that's where we're physically located. Um, we do we have the book, you know, so it is on Amazon and it hit uh, number one new release in like eight categories. Uh, so we're hoping that a lot of people just be able to do something that they never thought they could, and then just that you know just carries them on into the next thing in life. Um, but we also provide the training and it do, they don't have to be here in person, but we do it online as well. We have uh, video lessons they can watch. If they want to do it alone. We also do it where we do the coaching and we can do it by Zoom where we meet with people and they can ask their questions and we have Q&A sessions and we keep them on track each week. Uh, and of course, we can do it locally if they're here in the area. Um, so the book... Um, is a running for the rest of us and put that into Amazon. It should pop up. If not, you put Dan Bryan, my name, and it'll pop up. And it has our our, our website, which is www.mosaicconcepts.com. Um, and Mosaic Concepts does more than running. It also does yoga and retreats and other things as well. That's probably the easiest. And we're on TikTok and all sorts of stuff. But if you go to the <laughs> website, it'll it'll open it up. To, to the other the other places if people are interested. Yeah, perfect. I'll make sure I have, I know I have your website, um, so I'll make sure I have all the links and put it in there so people can find you. But Dan, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, so so real quick, we, we you, you, since you mentioned, I wanna talk just for a sec about, um, we talked about, you know, kids who are, um, like my son is autistic, so he's on the spectrum. Great, we didn't get to this, yes. So what do you do for a, uh, a kid who's autistic or on the spectrum? Um, and I think for us and, and training our son to run, it was kind of the same we do with everyone else. Um, I think starting early makes a big difference because I think when they're young, they're sick, this is just what our family does. I remember when I was little, I thought it rained all over the world when it rained where I was. And I remember uh, we moved because my dad's job every few years. And then when I was in third grade, I met someone who had been in Colorado where we were living at that time, their whole life. You know, what were they all 12 or something like that? And I was like, oh my gosh, you've never moved. I thought everybody moved. So I think when they're young, the, the good thing is if you run, that's just what the family does. Oh, that's just part of what we do and just make it fun. Kids, as you know, can't pace. So they'll burn themselves out in the first 30 seconds. So, you know, you just got to learn to handle that, that piece. Um, but it, it was handled a lot in a lot, just the way we would handle it with someone who isn't on the spectrum at all. Now that was our, that was kind of our, our experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think that's so great because I think, especially as coaches, you know, there's always, especially for kids sports, you know, you fill out like any other information we need to know. And, you know, parents often are going to put some diagnosis or something in there. And as a coach might be like, Oh, what what am I supposed yeah. to do with this kid, right? So right. I love that you pointed out, like you do the same thing, yeah. but maybe you have to do it a little slower. Maybe you have to explain it twice, or maybe you don't, right? Like you know, we're teaching kids, we're teaching people who are new at something. So this is just another person who's new at something. That, that's that's a good point. I think you know each person is a little different, right? So some you're right, some are on the spectrum. Depending upon where they're at, you're gonna have to go a little slower. Or you just realize you're going to just keep reinforcing it and eventually it's going to stick or they're just going to learn maybe not by so much what you say, but just what everybody else is doing and they just stick in the pack. And, um, but they'll get it 
And uh, I, I do think I do think it is good to know if your students are on on the spectrum. I know our our son is high functioning, so he's quite intelligent, but he so he's reluctant at times to tell people. And it actually works out much better for him if people know, because right. if they don't, they often think he's being rude when he talks to them or, you know, kind of stiff handed a talk to the hand. But because um, the, the replies are very factual and matter of fact and direct. But once they know, it's kind of like, oh, I get it. I, I've got the framework for this now. He's not just, you know, he's not just being rude to me. And I think that helps. So I would say for, you know, uh, my thought is that there's no reason to hide that, share it, and it helps everybody involved in the training from the parent to the instructor to the student. It, you know, I think it just gives a better framework and, and then you're able to provide uh, a better experience for them and they're able to enjoy it more. Yeah, well, thank you for remembering that we were supposed to talk about that because obviously I got caught up just hearing about your running group and all of that stuff. So I completely forgot that that's what we had decided we were going to talk about when we yeah. first met. So um, thank you for that. And well, now I guess anything else that I missed now before we, we get off? No, no, I could keep, you know, I keep chatting your ear off forever. I've enjoyed, I really have enjoyed it. It's been really fun. I really like the the way you did this too, which was, um, just, uh, you know, start the conversation and see where it goes. So I'd be glad to come back at any time. If I can be of service somehow, just let me know. And uh, oh. great luck to you, the podcast, you're running to the kids, to everything. Yeah, it's, it's great. I saw you were, you were working with the kids and I thought, well, yeah, those seeds that are being planted and everything from just self-esteem to work ethic to teamwork, to even things like, you know, you have to push through a little bit at times, perseverance, um, just uh, your thought life, all those things come into play when, when you run. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I always like to be able to talk with people who like understand like running is a metaphor for life. Like there's so much we can teach people in general through running. So um, yeah. Yeah, no, I have your contact information. So I'll obviously reach out to you when the episode drops so that if you want to give it a listen, you can. But um, I would love to have you back. And I'm sure we'll we'll have other things to chat about. If I if I think of a, a more focused topic that I think you would like enjoy talking about, I can always um, reach out and see if we can set something up that way too. Yeah, so um, we can talk about life lessons or life decisions that were made by, by running. You probably have a couple. I find real runners make some really important life decisions while running. It seems to be one of the best times when they can get alone and and just think things through. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like, you know, like people have like their shower thoughts or like, you know, they make all their decisions in the shower. Nope, shower in and out, not thinking in the shower. It's I'm out on the run. Let me solve yeah. my problems. Let me figure out which bills to pay. Let me what is my son doing now? Like, yeah, and all the thoughts. I can't even think of like, you know, my my most recent epiphany. But yeah, there's always you're always thinking when you're running. So now, now we're gonna go into episode two because you got because uh, I I do uh, as well speaking to uh, last thing I do speaking as well to corporate organizations to their wellness department. To, you know, through their wellness departments, I speak at corporate to companies, and and it's because. 
and I've drunk enough of the Kool-Aid, but it's true. Running is so fundamental, or walking, let's just say movement. Doesn't have to be running, but you know, start with walking. It's so fundamental to how we are made and designed that the benefits go far beyond physical. We all get that, you know, our heart's going to get stronger, our, you know, our bone density is going to increase, our muscles are going to grow, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. I read something a while ago that said up to 24% smarter by doing just a few short runs weekly. And so there's that movie, you know, where the guy pops the pill, I think called Limitless, and he knows <laughs> yeah. instantly what to do. He solves all his problems in life. But I'm like, but that's that's fiction. But this this is real life. You, and, you, and I'm not talking about running marathons. We're talking about a few short runs a week. And all of a sudden, you're going to be able to think better. So what would you do with that in your job, your career, your relationships, your finances? You know, and so uh, so it has it has physical benefits, it has mental benefits, it has emotional, there's all sorts of endorphins, emotional benefits. And it's just not surprising the way we're built. That movement is so fundamental to our health. And since sitting is kind of the new smoking and and we have so much advantages with vehicles that in some ways, um, a lot of us just need to remember that walking will make a big difference in our life. And so getting people just to embrace that is uh, one of my goals. Well, I think, like you said, that might be our next episode. So um, let's put a pin in that because okay. I think I think there's definitely I think there's definitely something there. Um, no, that sounds great. And I think we're probably two weeks out from this. Um but I'll let you know. And then, um, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch to, to see what else we can come up with. Great. All right. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. A pleasure. Anytime. All right. Have a good one. All right, too. Bye. I just want to thank Dan again so much for not only the great conversation and I realized it was a longer episode. Usually I warn you guys ahead of time that it's a little long, but oops, it was a little long, but definitely worth it. Um, but I want to thank Dan again for coming out and talking to me um, and being so patient while I tried to get technology on my side and agreeing to come back and talk with me later this week. So super exciting to get with chat, to get to chat with him again. Oh my gosh. Why can I not speak today? Um, but yeah, so can't wait for that episode. Like I said in the beginning, please, please, please send me any messages if there's questions or things you want to talk, want me to talk with him about because um, we're kind of just going to do more of a free-flowing episode and just kind of chit-chat about running and things like that. So uh, we're open kind of to anything. With that, um, make sure you check out our fundraising site for the Youth Mental Health Project. Um, when I say our, now I'm talking about me. Um, my fundraising site for the Youth Mental Health Project. We are about five months out from our in-person and virtual event. It is our Run Fest. We are doing the one-hour run challenge and a 5K. And for our in-person people, we will have um, some free kids movement activities. Um, so definitely come check that out if you are local to me. It'll be May 20th in Malvern. Um, if you are not local to me, we are doing it virtually as well. We will have a Strava challenge group, um, and I'll obviously be talking about it on the podcast. Uh, so super fun. Um, obviously goes to a good cause, the Youth Mental Health Project. It provides resources, education, and support for families that have a youth 
struggling with mental health. Um, so really important. How can you say no? You don't want to support that, right? Um, but yeah, so that is what we are doing. Um, we also have for people who are non-runners right now, there is a training plan on the Merrickie Run Club website just to help get anybody to be able to run slash run walk for that hour so they can complete the hour challenge if they would like to do so. Um, yeah, so definitely check that stuff out. Uh, and thanks again. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all the things that you can do for a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Make sure you check out social media, our website, any of those things. If you have questions, comments, interview requests, feel free to email me at merrickyrunclub at gmail.com. Thank you.